Parksville 96 is the new definition of luxury in the heart of Surrey. Elegant Italian appliances, one-touch roller shades, and too many other extras to mention. All come standard at Parksville. It gets better. 36,000 square feet of world-class amenities right in the building, a 450-acre park across the street, and a one-minute walk to SkyTrain. Looking for the perfect home or the perfect investment? Inspiration has a new address. Parksville96.com Number two, Canuck Central, it's Dan Rachel, Big Bazaar, Satyar Shah, off today. We'll be back Sunday. The Canucks uh, playing against the Anaheim Ducks. We'll have the pregame for you starting at uh, 4 o'clock, 4.30 on Sportsnet Pacific. And uh, won't be joined in progress this time, so we'll get more than three seconds of uh, television time. You hope. The game. You hope. Uh, yeah, the Bruins are just going to play a game just because. <laughs> it's always the Bruins. It's always the Bruins. It's always the Bruins. A lot to get to. Again, the mailbag, 650-650. If you want to get in a late question for the mailbag, 650-650 on the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Join Cobb's Bread on March 2nd for Donation Day, where $2 from every six-pack of the hot cross buns sold is donated to a local charity in your community. Cobb's Bread bakes fresh in-house all day, every day. And when the doors close, all leftover baked goods are donated to local charities. The next morning, they start Fresh. I know what I'm doing tomorrow morning. Getting a fresh loaf of bread. Why didn't you read that as seductively as you read the uh, Parks Bill? <laughs> Whoa, seductively? Yeah, I don't know if it was seductive. I don't know. But it was... Uh, it was majestic. Yeah, it was, it was very luxurious. Uh, the Parks Bill read was, yeah. was quite nice, you yeah. know. I just... Uh, a, a proper pro, though. I'm putting it out there for, for them listening so that they know who to call right. the next time they make a commercial. Because I could do better than the guy in the commercial. That's, that's all I know. Wow. Shots fired. It's down I the mean, street from I'm me. reading it, and I look up, and, I, and this guy's keeled over laughing. Costa's in my eyesight behind the glass. He's laughing. <laughs> and so towards the end, my voice is cracking like crazy because I can't, I can't keep straight, straight face. It's one of those things you look up, everybody else is laughing, and I know why they're laughing. Yeah, but pro's pro, man. You got through it. Yeah, tried. Uh, You had... (laughs) It's like when, like, a bunch of actors doing the audition, and somebody has a different interpretation of the script. (laughs) What do you mean? That was your take on it? That was your read on it? Elegant Italian appliances, so I tried to sign very, you know, uh, elegant. Right. And luxurious. Mm -hmm. You hit it. Like a smooth but mm-hmm. sultry tone. Well played. Anyways. Go to Cobb's Bread tomorrow morning, okay? <laughs> it's donation day. $2 of every six six pack of hot cross buns. Hot cross buns. Is donated to a local charity in your community. Um, yeah, I, I go get my morning bread. It's going to be great. I'll make... Uh, I heard yesterday, robe and uh, flip-flops. <laughs> Short Billow, billowing yeah. in the breeze. I uh, I wear my my Tony Soprano polo. <laughs> <laughs> I walk walk out to get the newspaper in front of the house and go to the Cobb's Bread. Get myself a fresh loaf. Oh man, that's good. Have the uh, the Wolva and Pur- Purgatorio as well. 
just to, to make a perfect breakfast, perfect morning. You make that with your luxurious Italian appliances? <laughs> yeah. It's quite possible. Uh, by the way, it's 5.04, and... Uh, the, the, the the technical workday is over for a lot of people. Yeah. Kind of surprised there's no... Um, so the Friday news dump... There's no Friday news dump of Elias Pettersson has signed a new contract. Which, I mean, surprise, surprise. But, okay. Uh, I'm not a rocket scientist by any stretch of the imagination. The Friday news dump is generally for news that you want to bury. It's, the, it's bad news. Yes. But... This organization has used it for good news, too. Oh, okay. I I, so. I, I, I'm with you. Like, there's been some prominent things that have happened on Fridays, and it's like, we're... Really? We're doing this now? You wouldn't want to put that one on Monday morning? Yeah. Jim Rutherford signing <laughs> an extension? Yeah. Yeah, that was Friday, right? That was a Friday. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 there's been multiple. Yeah. But Friday News Dump is traditionally the one, the bad news you want to put out. Yeah. And that way, you know, a whole weekend goes by before people, get, the, the media folks get back mm-hmm. to work. They also really know our schedule, it. though, so maybe they're like, you know what, 5.45. <laughs> well, the podcast world is different now. It's like, you send news at 6.08. So We're chance, still going to get you. Emergency pod coming out, 7.42. Yeah. It would be hilarious. It's a slow turnaround, actually. Yeah. It would be hilarious if they announce it and uh, it's it's on the road and like only Kate Pedersen and Dan Murphy are there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shouts, they do great work, Fair but enough, like... Yeah. You know, it's Elias Pettersson signing. It's going to be the biggest contract in franchise history. IMAC will be there. You, oh, IMAC will be yeah, there. Of course, go. IMAC will be there. Um, it'll be, you know, one of those things. Like, you, you have to have the the whole kit and caboodle going, yeah. right? You've got to have Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvine speak. Uh, Elias Pettersson's got to be a, do a big news conference at a podium and all those things. So Maybe uh, uh, March 8th. That's if it even gets done across the line. Now everybody's like, short-term, long-term, who knows? Imagine if, like, the story just stops here. Yeah. Where they, it just hits a wall. <laughs> Pedersen's like, hey, I should have called their bluff. He's like listening to Elliot on 32. <laughs> just, they were never going to trade me. Why didn't we think of this? Um, none of that is, uh, is reportedly that true. Yeah. So we'll find out. When we do, you'll know as well. But it doesn't seem to be the Friday news dump that's happening today. All right, let's get to the mailbag. Uh, mailbag music, everybody's favorite. By the way, uh, Danny Trejo really enjoyed his time in uh, in Vancouver. I read a uh, I read a story today. You were, have you been like keeping up on Danny? No, Trejo it's since? Uh, our listeners have sent sent it to me. I oh. think it was Cole Cole Kreiderman, right? Loyal listener, always listening. Appreciate Cole. Um, but, uh, yeah, Danny Trejo was interviewed while he was at Tojo's. Like, are you really going to be the one that goes up to, like, the guy while he's eating a bunch of sushi and be like, hey, can we interview you right now, Danny? Shoot your shot. Danny would. Yeah. Good guy that he is. He was like, yeah, sure. Just make it quick. I got my machete in the background, in the back over here. He's like, sushi's uh, on the way. <laughs> Did you know Tojo invented the California roll? Uh... No. Oh. Anyways, that guy lives in Vancouver. And his restaurant's in Vancouver. It's actually close by. Fun. Okay. Questions. Questions. Uh, <laughs> Hamid, how much of the Canucks' current situation is self-inflicted or that with them trying to change their game on purpose? The reason for this question is Miller's answer after the Boston's ga- Boston game on Saturday, mentioning not doing the same thing over and over because of pre-scouts. 
so... Look, you're always going to have different types of game plans for every team that you're going up against. Different teams have different wrinkles. There isn't um, as many tactical nuances in a NHL hockey game as there might be in a Premier League match. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, certain teams do certain things. You know, Rick Tockett mentioned after the Pittsburgh game when he was asked about the the power plays. Like, you know, in our pre-scout, we noticed that they get a little loose uh, and leave the middle open uh, on the penalty kill. So I'm glad that we executed that uh, from our pre-scout. But you're always going to have little bits of wrinkles. I, I think what is apparent with the Canucks is that they're getting away from what's made them great. And that's probably uh, what I think the question is alluding to with Miller's comment is, and what they've said all year is, We've got to play our game and not worry too much about our opponents. And we we play our game, we feel like we're going to have success. I feel like many coaches, and I think even Rick Tockett has mentioned this at some point, that they subscribe to like the 80-20 rule. Like 80% yeah. of their game plans is about what they do and 20% is what about the yeah. opposition does. Don't do what Pep Guardiola does and like you know completely change your philosophy when you get to a Champions League final. Yeah. But as far as self-inflicted wounds, a lot of what they've done here recently is on them. Should probably stop making references that ten percent of our listeners understand. Well, the ten percent appreciate it. (laughs) Next one from David: Could Vancouver flip Elias Lindholm to get a different top six forward and D-man? Where did this notion even start? Has this ever happened before in the history of the NHL? Remember when uh, people thought the Islanders were going to do this with Bo Horvat? With Bo. The Islanders still made the playoffs. No, it's not happening. Next question. It's Yeah, it's definitely not happening. Yeah, <laughs> we can one. make jokes, but... I think they still might go out and try to get a top six forward and a defenseman to add to this team, but they don't have to flip Lindholm in order to do it. Next one. Brandon, would you consider a Miles Wood-type deal for Dakota Joshua? Not exactly a 6 by 2500000 million, but a long-term low AAV deal. So this is always the concern, right? Have we gotten to a point where we think Dakota Joshua is getting that much on the open market? Well, we chatted about this a couple of weeks ago. Like, what think, do we think? Three million a year? I think we got to like it was around ten to twelve million total money. Uh, yeah, and I think I said eleven to thirteen or something like that. Yeah. Whew. So I mean, but if it's to to this question's point, if mm-hmm. it's like a six by two, do you do that? I. I can't imagine he's taking that. Yeah. Six years? He's going to lock himself into six years? Yeah. Well, he is not the youngest guy. He's not the youngest, but... But he can make the same amount of money and. But if he signs two by six, and it's totally dependent on the player. Uh, Honestly, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Do not give term to depth players. Do not give term to depth players. And as much as I've liked what Joshua has done, and I think he's been a real good find for the Canucks like his track record of being this guy is still very short right it's essentially this year and last where he's been an NHL regular and this year he seemed to have found his role but to give that player six years feels like a lot I know that the game can change so much yeah I know that Jim Rutherford did it with Brandon Tanev in Pittsburgh 
guess what? Pittsburgh ended up not loving that and exposing him in the expansion draft. There's the Miles Wood comparison last year. You know, if you want to talk four years, like uh, similar deals that Nashville has done with like a Colton Sissons or something well, like that. that was much longer, wasn't it? Was it? Sissons was seven years, I think. Oh. Who am I thinking of with Nashville then? Uh, there is someone. Um, yeah, they did seven years, $20 million. 2.857143 oh. wow. a year. But stuff like that, it's like, man. That, that, no, that's I'm not. Really- anyways, the point is I'm not comfortable doing that yeah. with Dakota Joshua. All right, the next one comes from uh, Mustard Sports. Do GMs use RFA compensation as a baseline for trade value? For example, when the Canucks got JT Miller, cost a first and third on a $5.25 million deal, compensation for an RFA making that much is a first and a third. This trend continues with most deals not involving star players. It seems like they do do this, in their opinion. The... uh Framework for every NHL trade is sort of already laden out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like uh, the Bo Horvat trade last year, much like the Lindholm trade this year, right? You got a good prospect, a first round pick, and they had to take a roster player as well. Um, when it comes to restricted free agents, like, let's use Elias Patterson as an example. He's a restricted free agent this summer. Would a team have to give up the equivalent of four first-round picks to the Canucks in order to acquire that player? Because Patterson would be in the highest tier of restricted free agent compensation, we expect. I I don't know how a team would get to that like number or that value, but... That's what you should be asking for. But the trade value is more than the four first-round picks because you're getting roster players, you're getting probably a first-round pick, maybe a prospect. I don't like the idea of getting four first-round picks as RFA compensation because it can be complete magic beans. Like, maybe that team sucks and you get a bunch of lottery picks. Mm -hmm. That's great. Maybe that team's great and you get a bunch of 25th overall picks. Not great. So it's it's very hard to use that as sort of a baseline of compensation for the highest end of restricted free agent. But the general principle applies of those are the guidelines. For instance, we talked on Monday. Yeah. The Kachuk trade. Yeah. Uyghur probably nets you two first round picks somewhere else. Yeah. Huberto coming off that season. Probably nets you two first-round picks yeah. somewhere else, so that first works out. Prospect, yeah. yeah. Now the, the contractual value for the, that Kachuk sign, I think, was in the lower tier, but that's a state tax thing. You put that nine million dollars to work in any other state in the league or province in the league, and he's probably in that threshold of four first-round picks. So, yeah, it's it, it's a guideline. You don't need to directly subscribe to it, but it's pretty close. Yeah. Phil Kessel's trade was very similar too, right? When um, he first got moved to Toronto. Yeah, it was it was two first round picks and a second. Yeah, and uh, they ended up being a second overall pick and a tenth overall pick. Whoops! Magic beans. Tyler Sagan and Dougie Hamilton. Yeah. Oh. Yikes. Oh. Jeffro. <laughs> Why don't the Canucks go back to the lotto line? Uh, they did for a moment last night. Twice. Yeah. Rick Taka clearly doesn't like it. I uh, I think it's sort of a, a lineup composition thing. 
where the rest of the lineup looks weird. Yeah, it doesn't really look all that formidable beyond that line, and that becomes an issue. And also, they've sort of had a mixed bag of results. It they, started hot, and yeah. they, they were producing. And it was like that. Like, when they first got together, they were amazing. The next year, not so great. So, unless it works and continuously works at a very high level, it's not worth putting all three of them together. And that's essentially why I don't think Rick Tockett loves to do it. It's probably, like, I don't know if the texter is alluding to this, but... Jeff Rose is a good guy. Um, but I know that there's a sentiment that Pedersen and, and Miller don't like each other. And if you're intimating that that might be the reason why the lotto line doesn't go together, I don't think that's it. Well, they're about to commit to each other for six plus years. Yes. So. They're going to be besties. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe but. move in together? I don't know. <laughs> By the way, Chad in North Burnbury is uh, talking about a, the, trading twice in a season. He says Thomas Vanek was traded twice before the deadline. Was that not... He was traded at the beginning of the year, and then he was traded again mm-hmm. at the deadline. I don't know if it's been like end of January you're traded, and then before the deadline you're traded. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure Vanek was moved in like November. So I have it here. Um, he was traded. No, he was traded to deadline. Oh, yeah, sorry. So traded October 27th, 2013, and then traded at the deadline in 2014. There you go. Sorry. So that's like four months apart. Yeah. Yeah. To do it after 12 games. A little different. Especially when, like, your whole reasoning for getting that player early is to have them eventually fit in better. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh... It's not happening. (laughs) Also, Thomas Vanek was a very interesting player because there was just teams, especially towards the end, where... I mean, we saw it with the Canucks and the uproar uh, uproar of him only getting Tyler Mott back in trade. Um, It's similar to, I think, Anthony Mantha this year. We're like, yeah, the guy's got some regular season goals, but the sentiment around general managers around the league is like, yeah, but I can't play that guy in the playoffs. So what's the point? And that's where Thomas Vanek got to. And I think there's a level of Thomas Tatar there, too. And probably what the Canucks felt with Andre Kuzmenko as the season went on this year. So those types of players, they help you get to the playoffs. But when you get to the playoffs, not helping you as much. That hat trick he had, though, against uh, Chicago. Was Chicago against Montreal? I think it was. I, I remember the I remember the Chicago game because wasn't Gagne had a hat trick against Chicago? Gagne, Vanek, and Besser was it? Now we got to look this up. All they had like an unreal game. Maybe that was Gagne. Uh, he had five points against Chicago, mm. and he had a hat trick versus Montreal. Look at wow. us. Uh, and Gagne had two goals that game mm. against Chicago. So maybe Besser had the hat trick. I don't know. Never mind. They were unreal. That was 2017. I can't remember that far. <laughs> Uh, this one from Jacob. What ideas do you have to get Elias Lindholm going? I think I, I've uh, said this a couple of times. I just think the nine-game homestand is probably where he starts to feel a little bit more settled as a human <laughs> rather than the whirlwind he's been going through since getting traded during the bye week at All-Star break. Um, I, I don't know if there's anything else they can do. He seems to be more comfortable playing center. So keep playing him at center, get an extra winger for this lineup, and 
hope that it starts to find itself. But that's going to be ultimately what it does and maybe getting him back on power play one. Get a, another winger. Get a... For Lindholm or for... No, for Elias Patterson, And then go back to the wing. Lindholm out on the right wing. Do you think Lindholm's going to be a player that doesn't have as much impact offensively, but... Yes! That was literally my worry! No, but what if... Can he effectively be a shutdown center in the playoffs? Okay, so I wanted to bring this up. Yeah. Because we haven't even seen the worst case scenario. Which is? Joshua comes back, mm-hmm. and you go, Joshua Lindholm Garland. Because Lindholm's better than Bluger. Yeah. Which because, like, objectively he is. Yes. And what if that line doesn't work? Mm. Well, then you just go back to Bluger. And then sure. you're like, where and, do you put Lindholm? And now where do you put Lindholm? Right? Like, the worst case scenario is like, oh, we want to go three down the middle, and that line doesn't work. The line that was the, the stabilizing force when everything was going, if anything didn't work, that line went out hey. and... Mikhaev, Lindholm, Lafferty sounds like a great fourth line. That's it. Really does. Okay, it really does. That's not what you paid for. No, not let alone Mikhaev's contracts. But yes. that, that's not why you go and make that acquisition. Now you go get a Gensel. Just we're, we'll use that name there. If it's Gensel, Pedersen down the middle, and Lindholm on the right wing. Now he's the third guy in a line, and I've always it always felt like he was an elite third guy. But you're missing the second guy still. Mm. Yeah, it, it's tough. If if they can't figure out how to put Pedersen and Lindholm together, which I think was the initial thought process. I also just don't think they give it enough runway, to be honest. Probably well, not, but but there's an insistence on putting Lindholm down the middle. And I don't think Pedersen wants to play the wing. Certainly not unless his contract is done. But all anybody ever said was like, Lindholm's versatile. He's versatile. Yes. So we're, we went five games into the experiment. Like, nah. But now the coach is like, Got- I really like this guy playing center. His whole I, value. It, to, honestly, it says more about Pedersen's defensive game and where it's at lately than maybe it does about Lindholm. Pedersen's defensive game hasn't been as sharp as it's been in previous years. But... Uh, get him going. Mm-hmm. Also, get back uh, power play one together, please. That yeah. Lawai, even though they've scored two games in a row. Yeah. Which is my fear is that they're like, well, I guess it's working. No, it's but it's it's, it's, not, it's not working. Lawai, <laughs> after seeing Reach and Sat on TV yesterday, I learned that Reach definitely benches more than Sat. Is this true? <laughs> Ooh, oh, wow. Do we need a Canuck Central I, combine? Did somebody send this to Sad? I'm gonna over like wow. own now, this on him forever. <laughs> now it's now's your chance. He's not even here to defend himself. Uh yes, I definitely bench more than Sat. hundred percent. I'm stick uh, that's that's what the texture thinks, and I'm sticking mm. to it. Hmm. I don't nah, I don't. I can't even like lie about it. I don't even bench that much. Like I, I use the the gym in my condo apartment and it's like we have a bench, but we don't have a ton of weight for it, so I just use dumbbells. Dumbbells are better anyway. Yeah. Get more range of motion. Yep. Um, and it's not that much. Go on I'll take that. 40s. But in a, if you guys were squatting, because his knees don't work. Yes. <laughs> his knees don't work. <laughs> You're winning that. Uh, yes. I, I do have great legs. Everybody, yeah, the calves. Everybody knows yeah. this. 
Uh, we'll end with this one. Is that Twitter account still active? I don't know. Riccio's calves. I, I actually. Oh, was that a thing? He texted, you don't remember that? He texted remember. one day and moved to the the uh, East Coast, like the real East Coast. Oh, like, okay. Uh, the Maritimes. Oh, okay. awesome. Yeah. And he's like, I don't listen anymore, but I was the guy that started Riccio's left calf muscle. So basic. I uh, will end with this one, Justin and East Van. What are the staples and non-negotiables when it comes to hot dog toppings? Not what they put Ooh. on the hot dogs at the Canucks intermission for the media. Oh, sorry to call. Sorry to call them out. Started yeah. on that, but of Is all it? the snacks, like I, I was very hungry the other night, and I ate one of the hot dogs, Ooh. and I immediately regretted it. I, it was like instant heartburn. I don't know if you it's... you've you've ever experienced instant heartburn in the way that I did the other night. It immediately changed my entire feeling, it's... my entire mood. Bacon, onion, cheese? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, not good versions of any of those three things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most of us tend to avoid it, and Rachel was, like, desperate. Somebody is, like, so mad right now yeah. listening, like, you guys are complaining about free food? Sorry. It's rough. The non-negotiables. Instant Achi, though. Non-negotiables. So, for me, like, I'm sure it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. For me, my non-negotiable would be, I always have to have ketchup mm. and mayonnaise. Mm. Mayo on yeah. a hot dog. On a hot dog. Often I'll put non-negotiable. Yeah. Dude. <sighs> Often I'll put cheese on there too, but that's a uh, no. That I can. Yeah, I, I, I could easily do away with cheese on a hot dog. Yeah, yeah, no, no cheese. Don't need cheese on a hot dog. Man, Josh, those are like the opposite of the non-negotiables yeah. for a hot dog. I mean, ketchup is a pretty normal. No, thing. it's. Ketchup like, is 100% a normal No, thing. not. It's, ketchup uh, on a hot dog? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... No, I'm, I, I'm I, like... I, I'm I the understand guy, the ketchup one. I look at the picture and it's like, no, I'm just supposed to put mustard. So I'm only putting mustard. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm probably... I, I'm probably going... <laughs> and the picture like, always has only mustard on it. Yeah, but it's a, it's not a... It's not a rule. <laughs> but you're just judging... <laughs> you live your own life. The reason you're judging it is based off the picture, not what you Well, want. the picture says mustard, so that's the non-negotiable. Often I don't put mustard on. Yeah, I, I'm like mustard and like diced onions. Ooh. Uh, mustard and relish. I don't need ketchup on a hot dog for whatever reason. I prefer raw onions, by the way, to uh, to cooked onions on a hot dog. Yeah, that's what I'm like diced. Yeah. But yeah. I also just like don't like hot dogs very much. At a ballpark at the Nat mm. in the summer? My, uh, my hot take is move. that like the generic regular hot dog is better than a smoky or whatever. I don't know if it's a hot take. But just like That's a, definitely a hot take. Like give me a, a wonder bread bun and a like maple leaf hot dog. A shopsy hot a, dog. Over like a sesame seed Gourmet, bun and a yeah. smoky. Yeah. Uh the prototype that you see in your head on the picture is probably that. Yeah. So just, and that's why I have to do it because you can only do what's on the picture. It's, it's all hot dog needs is mustard. Ketchup is for toddlers, 650, 650. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Cheech right now is listening, just furious. Daniel and Campbell. Josh nailed it. Ketchup, mayo, and cheese. It's a good combo. Cheese. Melted cheese, specifically. Uh, this question, do you need a, Do you have an Italian sausage in a bun plain or with mustard? Italian sausage doesn't need anything with Wait, it. Wait, hang on. As in, you want the cheese, like, liquidy? Or no, like no, no. you want the, the cheese to melt on the dog, like a, a 
a bit of melt on the cheese. Right. So so mainly like a like I don't heat the cheese up before I put sure. it on the tongue. But it'll naturally but, heat up. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't sound enjoyable to me no. at all. I don't know. Like if I'm having like a chili cheese dog, that's the only time I put cheese on a hot dog. I, I'm not gonna lie, most of the time it's like a craft single split in half. If I'm having a hot dog, I'm not like going all craft out. Craft singles. We're throwing craft singles on top of this. I'm not but that's not a non negotiable. Like I could take or leave. Sure. My, the mayo uh, and ketchup is the important part. My TikTok algorithm is really all over the place. But I, I get a lot of recipes. And one popped up and it's uh it's <laughs> Like one of these like ASMR ones where they're talking very softly, maybe similar to the, sure, the Parksville. Yeah, yeah. They're talking very softly <laughs> into the, into the, it, it, during the video. And it's, it's, uh, it's a woman making grilled cheese. And she's like, my, my toddlers wanted grilled cheese for lunch today. So I started to make it. And she literally starts making everything from scratch. Like the buns? Yes. Oh. Uh, like, the bread from scratch, the oh. cheese, the mozzarella cheese from scratch. Oh, that's a lot of work. <laughs> I wouldn't even do that for myself. It was intense, and I was just like, "Is this serious?" I guess right I now? should care about my kids more than myself. I was, was going <laughs> to say, "I was like, you're gonna make a great father." Anyways, <laughs> the the comments were the best part because it's like, <laughs> to Josh's point, the comments were the best part because people were just like. Girl, just slap some craft singles on a piece of bread. Yeah, yeah. So. kid is not gonna care. <laughs> that would be like I feel like that's just Did inviting. Did your kids survive the week without food? <laughs> I feel like that's just inviting like judgment upon your kids. Yeah. Why aren't you enjoying the hot dog that I slaved all day for? Uh, all right, uh, we'll get to some mailbag overflow and uh, close out the week here on Canuck Central. That's next. Dan Richo, Bick Nazar, Sports at 650. Catch up on what happened in Vancouver sports with Halford and Bruff in the morning. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.